0: So the whole ear of Denmark is by a forged process of my death rankly abused. But know, thou noble youth, the serpent that did sting thy father's life now wears his crown. And this is Stage of Fools, the
1: unofficial Royals podcast.
0: Tonight we'll be discussing Season 2, Episode 10, The Serpent That Did Sting Thy Father's Life.
1: Cyrus marries Prudence in an impromptu ceremony shortly before she begins labor with his son. Meanwhile, Ted plans to abscond to New York, but is coerced by Domino into airing a video at a major sporting event to reveal all of the royal family's darkest secrets. The rest of the family, now aware Ted is Simon's killer, plans to preempt Ted's video with their own footage that will unmask him as the king's killer.
0: Well, Zach, they told us it couldn't be done. They begged us not to try. Mm -hmm. They pleaded with us to turn around while we still had a chance. But Are
1: just like Wilbur and (laughs) Orville Wright in this endeavor. They thought it was impossible. We both they have at it.
0: fabulous mustaches for one. Uh-huh. Uh huh.
1: Yeah. Uh but
0: we did it. We made it through season two of the Royals. I mean, I don't want to speak too soon because God yeah. knows we still have to record an entire episode of this podcast that we decided to do for some reason. Uh but we made it through watching every episode. And that honestly, yep. you guys, feels like no small accomplishment. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's a good, and we watched at least the second season, we watched every single episode at least two times on top of that, so.
0: This is true.
1: We've dedicated no tiny amount of time to this show, more than I'm going to say anybody alive, including the people <laughs> who work on it.
0: You're making me feel worse, not better. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but there were highs, there were lows, there were yeah. some more lows.
1: Yeah, the lows dragged on for a while there.
0: When I think back to season one, I feel nostalgic for how much sense it made. Uh, yeah,
1: I mean, <laughs> I, I think we could touch on this briefly. I think it's maybe more for the wrap-up episode to compare the two in depth. But I agree, there's just a there is a strange tonal diffi- dissonance between the. Uh, the two seasons to me in my looking back upon them.
0: I think part of it is that there's so many different characters.
1: I could be. Yeah. So many major characters got replaced. Uh, between the two seasons or, in a couple of cases, added. That it does feel like a a different beast altogether. And the plot lines and the conspiracy and the murder stuff was so much more prominent in the second season.
0: And I'm left feeling like that great old song where the lady's like, is that all there is? Like, now that we... We'll talk about this at the end of the episode, but now that we've seen what may be, like, for the most part, the end of the Domino storyline, that we've seen it play through, like... That's really how I feel like. Is that all there is to a fire on someone's lawn in the shape of the emblem of your shadow organization?
1: (laughs) I'd be willing to bet we haven't seen the last of old Jeff and uh, and Dominique Jr.
0: As characters, I agree with you, but as the idea of like... There being this big domino like conspiracy organization that is by dead. definition
1: not big. It's a father and his daughter, <laughs> and that's it.
0: It's a disgruntled guy going through a midlife crisis and his pouty Taylor Swift esque daughter.
1: It's the requisite number of people you need to plan. A bring-your-parent-to-work day. That's how many people were involved in the Domino conspiracy. (laughs)
0: He brought his daughter to work, and he did
1: for a long time. Was
0: holding a grudge. It was and making what I guess I would call like guerrilla street art. That was pretty much the majority of his crime. Yeah, he a was sign one of here, really... a fire there, a necklace. It's like yarn bombing. Like, that was honestly yeah, the next yeah. step in his plan.
1: He basically wanted to sell stuff on Etsy. I think it was a guerrilla <laughs> marketing gorilla campaign marketing. for his Etsy, for his Etsy with the domino symbol all over it.
0: I mean, we'll get to the amazing video that he made at the end of the episode. Oh, he added... That's what he, did he some,
1: titled it. He totally added some flourishes. I think he added a filter maybe on that bad boy.
0: It looked like um, with the opening shot, with all the... The opening shot of the video, which we saw last episode with Joan Collins, she's like being shot through a bouquet of flowers. And then Mm -hmm. he did like add some sort of filter to it. And also the (laughs) font that was chosen is very like modern and stark. And it has the effect of it being like Sophia Coppola's Marie Antoinette.
1: (laughs) I want to clarify what you just said, because you said it had Joan Collins being shot through a bouquet of flowers. Now it means the shot was (laughs) aimed through some flowers. Not that Jones Collins was physically (laughs) fired through a bunch of
0: No flowers. no no the conspiracy the video that they're like blackmail hinges on, as we'll come to find, is the video we saw a clip of last week. It's Dutchy on candid camera on yes. one of the many little cameras Very that Ted planted confession. around the palace. Uh
1: huh. Um to catch people's we, tr- <laughs> we should probably start yeah what a follow up. <laughs> I guess we should start with actually talking about the episode from the beginning at some point.
0: Things are, as before, extremely artsy. They have, like, yes. the audio of Sergeant Trevor, as we're calling him. Like, they shot military, yeah. I don't know what you would call it, military audio, like, people... Conversing with each other about like the yeah, planes and the strikes and radio stuff. Radio
1: correspondence between him and, and Robert. It's uh, it's well, audio
0: of the day Robert died, and that's like made pretty much immediately clear. But at the same time, you have this little
1: intercut, yeah,
0: intercut. Oh god, you have this little dark-haired boy like running through the palace. You can't see his face. Flying. A paper airplane along. And then, like, he makes it crash. And as he makes the paper airplane crash, we hear, like, audio of Robert's plane going down.
1: Ground control to Major Tom. There's yeah. a serious problem Ex- in my plane here. Pretty much
0: exactly that. And then uh-huh. when the plane is like crashed on the ground, I think it's Lucius, but only from the knees down. But I recognize his voice. Goes. The voice like,
1: was definitely a Lucius.
0: Prince the, the Robert, come meet your new brother and sister. And it's the day <laughs> that Liam and Eleanor were born. Are
1: born. And as the plane hits the floor, we get the sound effect of like a real plane. Crashing. Yeah.
0: And Trevor turns away from the monitor that he's watching and, like, gives this concerned look directly into the camera. Like, Mm -hmm. even the flashback, he's like, I've done a bad thing. Um, But I. And it's also. Oh, go ahead. It's also
1: worth mentioning that the very first thing we see in the episode is a shot of, like, some grass in a serene field and, like, an ocean shore. And we get glimpses of that, like, throughout the episode. I think every time they come back from a commercial break, version we watched didn't have commercials. But every time they come back from what I assume was an act break, we get another shot of the beach or uh some sand or some some grass with like a sepia tone filter over it. And that pays off at the very, very, very end of the episode, listeners, you'll have to stay tuned. <sighs> To see how that comes into play.
0: That sound just escaped me. I could not help it. And I apologize to anyone who may have been disturbed by it. But, mm-hmm. um, so, uh, little Robert. Eleanor, Hel- oh, no. Helena. I, yeah. yeah I, but this is weird. So little Robert leaves the plane on the carpet in the flashback and the plane fades away. And then as the camera pans up from the carpet, it's Helena and she's like standing there staring at the spot and she, and Rachel asks her, like, what are you doing? And she says, I'm remembering the day the twins were born. And it's yep. weird because it shot as if she were remembering seeing that scene with Robert, but she definitely wasn't there because she, had because she was giving flavor, yeah, with twins. <laughs> yeah. So um it was kind of a weird transition. It sort of worked because this was one of like the few lines of Helena's about her past that actually got to me. Like she said that they didn't tell anyone they were having twins. They kept it a secret. And
1: she says those yeah. were the
0: kind of secrets we used to keep. And I was like, you know what? There are some lines now, of hers later on in this episode that are complete bullshit, but that time they actually got me. They actually managed to tug on the old I'm, heartstrings.
1: Which is a pretty good line, except for the fact that that she was already keeping the secret about Dominique's murder at the time she had the twins.
0: Oh, and she must have been having an affair with Alistair because... Also was having an affair <laughs> at that time. Sure who the father was.
1: So actually, the secrets she was keeping were that she murdered a girl, her mother murdered a girl, she, like, and hey, that she was having an affair.
0: Hearsay. Just, you yeah. did it! You did it! Tell us you did it! Uh, that was on the previously on, and I laughed at it again. Um... Uh-huh. So
1: then we cut to Liam in his room (laughs) and Liam is getting on a nice a nice suit for some kind of event
0: with this constipated look on his face.
1: Yeah, he looks very intense (laughs) and he pulls a gun from under his bed. Theoretically, it's the gun that Jasper said. He hid there in the previous episode because Jasper, That's like a squirrel getting ready for the winter, just packs nuts, guns in this case, wherever he can around the palace. Oh, jeez. Just in case, behind every single cabinet, there's a gun, and he hides it in his pocket, and the royals' title card comes up, and we get the sound of a gun cocking and firing. it.
0: Ah! I was so excited because, you know, we love those sound effects under the title cards. And this one was so cheesy and on the nose that I got an especially big kick out of it. So. Mm -hmm.
1: (sighs) And then 36 hours earlier. Oh, we were in media res there for a second. But now (sighs) we cut back. What could have led Liam to not even fire a gun, actually, but just put a gun in his suit pocket?
0: So we pick up with Jasper and Liam in the tunnel's. Basically where we – not basically, where we left them with the previous episode mm-hmm. where Jasper is getting punched by Liam because Liam's like, you tried to rob us and I trusted you and I don't know that you're a rapist maybe. Um, and Jasper says, I know who killed your father. It was Ted. And that kind of shocks Liam. And he wants to well, go into
1: – I think he shows him the video, right? Like he doesn't say it was Ted. Ted. He uh, actually plays the video for him, and while the video is playing, oh, I was confused.
0: Okay, that makes way more sense. And while
1: the video is playing, Jasper kind of sneaks out of the room behind him.
0: That was so weird. And
1: locks the door.
0: Liam finds out it's Ted, and he starts like crying and having a full-on breakdown in a way that we have never seen this character do before. Not even when he found out his brother or father was dead the first time. He didn't even cry like this. Then, I mean, maybe this is what he needed to, like, feel it or whatever. It's all, everyone has a different grieving process, but I just thought that was kind of interesting. Anyway, so he's, like, pounding on the door, like, let me out! And screaming and crying, and Jasper, almost like he's smiling. It might just be a trick of the light, but he looks like a complete (laughs) psychopath.
1: Well, he kind of is. I think Jasper, given the amount that he tortured Eleanor in season one, maybe he's just a sadist who loves... He loves being in control. That makes him like
0: a sadomasochist, though, because of all he's taken on this season in trying to get back together with Eleanor. Like, he must be truly a glutton for punishment as well.
1: I'd be remiss, though, if I didn't mention that under this entire scene, there is a song playing. (laughs) (laughs) This is
0: in my notes, too.
1: And while Liam discovers his father's killer... Whatever song this is has the repeated line. It's repeated like a dozen times, I swear to God, where it just goes, Let it hit you like a mountain. Let it hit you like a mountain. <laughs> I was going to sing along, but I again. am
0: honestly laughing too hard. It probably and wasn't
1: to that tune at all. No,
0: but- it was... but yeah mountain but it was like blasting too they had this sound effect or the sound cue turned up so goddamn loud. loud it was absolutely blasting and this guy's like ballad style wailing it was so so funny all that being said, I'm, I am don't want to give the show this much credit. Maybe the reason they haven't given Liam any super emotional moments until now is because they wanted to, like, lead it all up Reserve to a it. big one that would spur him into action. But whatever the reason, I mean, we've said it before, William mostly is so much better an actor than the material that he usually gets on this yeah. show because his, like crying freak out is really good from an acting perspective i mean it's kind of confusing because we've never seen this character in any zone like even a little bit like this but it's interesting
1: um he sells it i mean the music really undercuts it a lot
0: yeah it's actually kind of embarrassing
1: so in one of this is a ridiculous sidebar but it reminds me of this in one of the james bond movies there is a stunt that is absolutely spectacular that they did totally practically where a car goes off a twisted bridge, does a 180, and lands on another bridge, and they just did it practically, and it's amazing. And underneath it, they play a slide whistle, and it totally robs it of like all of the fact that this is one of the most amazing things you've ever seen yeah, in your life. That's... And it reminds me of that, although this is not one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life from an acting perspective, but it's quite adequate. It's good. It sells it.
0: That's funny. That's sort of like a British sensibility that makes me think of... Like Benny Hill or something.
1: Yeah, it's terrible. I don't know why they did it. It's one of the bad ones. I hate that movie.
0: So there's like a quick moment with Eleanor and James. I don't know that there's anything really important that gets said. It's more of the two of them like winking at each other and like high-fiving.
1: Gratefully, there's almost no mention of it this episode, but they wrap up briefly the Imogen, which is I guess the name of the rehab girl. Yeah. Storyline. And they talk again about Eleanor having a new start, blah, 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 blah. It's it's nothing important. It's very
0: well tread ground. It's nowhere we haven't been before. So let me know if it sticks. Anyway, we cut back on Cyrus admiring this fancy crib, which looks Mm -hmm. different from the one that was built by the prostitute maids in the last episode. Like noticeably (laughs) different. But maybe I I need to roll back tape on that one. And Helena comes in with something behind her back, and Cyrus says, If you're coming to eat him, he hasn't even been born yet. But yeah. Helena is bringing him one of Robert's old stuffed animals. Right. Ominous. Right. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, that's what Cyrus every notes, parent
0: wants the stuffed animal of a dead child.
1: I mean, Helena asks if he's going to sleep in here with Prudence and the baby, and Cyrus is like, Just. He specifically says just the baby and possibly a sexy au pair. She can fend for herself. So his he says plan the mother
0: is... can fend for herself. The mother can fend yes, for herself. Exactly. And then Helena corrects him the queen because right. he's marrying her. So
1: it does seem weird to me that he is going to have sex with a weird random woman in the same room as his baby.
0: I, I don't know. I think his perspective, I mean, an au pair is, more of someone who's like almost part teacher i don't know if it's quite the right term there but he doesn't want to have to wake up in the night and deal with like feedings and changings and stuff so he's going to need someone who he can have sex with obviously because people need to be sexual objects to him um but who's someone who can also take care of the baby in the bedroom. Although honestly, the baby would be waking up so many times and crying in the night. I can't see this arrangement lasting very long at all. Even if Cyrus no. isn't the one getting up, he's still going to be disturbed and Woken God knows he needs his beauty rest.
1: Yeah, no, I got the strong implication. It was just a sex thing primarily for him, but you know, I mean, Cyrus.
0: You, it can be both. That's the thing. It is a sex thing, but it's Cyrus also like is not above
1: thing. making weird sexual. Remarks or actions to his own children, as evidenced by the time he took a photograph of his own daughter's butt. Butts. So butts.
0: Specifically, everything.
1: Yeah, no, it's everything about Cyrus.
0: (laughs) No, I meant he took a picture of everything.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. No. It was not.
0: I'm sorry. I just I haven't thought about that in so long, and reliving it is so strange. Yeah. Oh my god.
1: (laughs) So much about this show that you've just suppressed. We've come so far.
0: I mean, I think I mentioned it last week, but I straight up blocked out Beck as a character. I forgot that he existed. Zach oh, yeah, mentioned I made a him, joke and I you. thought that he was talking about the musician Beck, who I love. Yeah, that's where my mind went. Uh, anyway, um, to jump back in. Uh, so there's this thing between. That's just like a little scene between Helena and Cyrus where. There's just, like, the usual, like, vague sort of threatening back and forth. Yeah. Um, and, so, and Helena
1: says she's done playing the political games, basically. Because it hasn't gotten her anywhere, basically.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes. Uh, and she seems very sincere. <laughs> um yes. And so uh, Ted tells his ghost wife that he's packing up and going to New York New York, to see Ophelia because she shouldn't have to suffer just because her parent is a criminal. And then the mother said something I didn't really understand was it was in reference to. She says, for a moment, I thought I saw the man I married, the man I loved. And she says it super venomously. And I'm like. Does she mean that the man she married is right about going to see his daughter? Or does she mean that, oh, I thought I saw I, you for a moment, but now you're being a coward by fleeing to New York and getting our daughter involved in this. It was very weird.
1: My assumption was that we were meant to think that Ted was trying to put Ophelia and her needs first for a change. And, and in the moment of trying to do that the ghost saw the man she married who was more I, interested in caring about his daughter than this weird vengeance scheme.
0: But I would uh, agree I with that if she hadn't said it in a super venomously... Super venomously. Like, she said it in a very venomous way. Yeah. It was um, weird. I mean, that that, was the that character doesn't really, like, make any sense anyway. She's just no. there to, like, sit around in lingerie Yeah, that Yeah, that's what
1: makes her... That's what makes her unique from the other Royals characters. She doesn't make any sense.
0: <laughs> but she, like, especially doesn't. Liam and Jasper are discussing the fact that Ted is the murderer. And Liam says that Ted was like a father figure, you know? And Jasper says expressionlessly expressionlessly, excuse me, uh, yeah, me too. And I'm like, okay, with Liam, I guess I get it, because they would all these conversations where Ted would be like, son. But Ted was not a father figure to Jasper. Like they barely worked together at well at all. Except that Ted gave him a second chance after finding out that he was a known criminal, I guess.
1: And a and a third one. And like a fourth and a fifth and a sixth. But um But that was
0: just out of incompetence, not out of like fatherly feelings.
1: No, true. Yeah. I never got that there were I never got like a strong bond feeling between Jasper and Ted either. I just Their thought that was funny. Conversations were already curt. Were always kind of curt and professional, I felt like, for the most part. Yeah. So I, I just don't buy that either.
0: I just thought it was really funny. Like, okay, you don't need to make it about you, Jasper. Like, you're not the one whose father was shanked by this man. Like, <laughs> stop it. Yeah. Uh, and-, and
1: finally, Domino is planning to make its big move. We've been waiting all season for them to actually fucking do something, and here it comes. They're going to have Ted... This plan, by the way... First, I'm just going to say what it is. <laughs> They're going to play the video of Duchy confessing to the murder as well as, like, Helena getting high and, and Cyrus doing cocaine at the big King's Cup match um, and expose the royal family for the shams they are. That's their big plot. Um... Now, this plan relies on Ted to do literally everything from getting the video, which he already did, score one for Ted for competence, to actually getting into the technician's booth and playing the video, like setting up the entire arrangement. So again, Domino has done functionally nothing that Ted couldn't have done by himself. But that's the big plot.
0: It's so weird. They feel so extraneous to the plot of this show, yet... They're meant to be so integral. But uh, in the scene with Liam and Jasper, they get more into talking about like the moral aspects of killing Ted later. This one is more like back and forth logistics and like how mm-hmm. they can catch him. And the scene ends with Jasper standing in a doorway and going, we need a plan, and I have one. And then he like dramatically closes the door. And I just thought that yeah. was really amusing. Well, it was very like Agent Cody Banks. The way it
1: plays out is... like. We have this scene with Jeff and Ted where they talk about this plan where they're going to reveal the murder. And also that Hel- – like, I like that their plan is we're going to reveal this murder confession. And then the next thing on the video is going to be Helena smoking weed? Like, what a follow-up to a murder confession.
0: Yeah, Wild I see –
1: drug use.
0: I can see the murder confession video being a big deal. But as for the drug use, if Cyrus jailing a journalist for opposing him – yeah, if he like hasn't cares? damaged his reputation enough to have him, you know, thrown out of his position, then I doubt that'll damage his reputation too, too much.
1: Yeah, I mean, but that scene ends after they make this plan with Dominique Jr. listening to them. And in the next scene, Liam knows this entire plan. Like they don't even show Dominique Jr. Oh, tell him
0: about it. I forgot about this. I wanted to talk about this. So I wrote down this question. Liam and mm-hmm. Jasper are doing an exposition dump, and Liam is talking about all the stuff that Dominique Jr. said on the phone. She told me this, she told me this. They're gonna do this. And she's leaving. She doesn't she doesn't believe them anymore. Da 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 da. Why is the scene Liam repeating all this to Jasper and not actually the scene of Liam having this conversation with Dominique? And why is he regurgitating a previous conversation that we haven't seen instead of us just seeing that dialogue?
1: I mean, the character, the Dominique Jr. character literally has no lines in this entire episode. I think there's one, just the one shot of her overhearing the plan that Ted and Jeff are coming up with. And that's it. And the next scene, the literally the next scene is Liam telling us that she told him everything.
0: They talk about it forever. But anyway, um so Liam goes to tell Eleanor that mm-hmm. Ted is the killer and he tells her. And Liam the, the first words out of Eleanor's mouth are "Ophelia's father, Ted? <laughs> it's like" She had to identify him as Ophelia's father in case we weren't sure who he was. Ophelia, first of all, she's a character who hasn't been around all season. All
1: season. But second of all,
0: it stands to reason that Eleanor knows Ted better and has known Ted longer. And so it should be like... Ophelia, um, like Ted Ophelia would be Ted's daughter not Ted as Ophelia's father in her yeah, mind. her first reference
1: to him should be like, oh, the head of security for my entire life. Who
0: lives in somewhere lives. in the same building as me. Oh my gosh, when we saw Ted packing up in his clock tower apartment office which is simultaneously the head of security and the family apartment with a couch in the great room where they live. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, And a
1: weird fairy tale place. I
0: was like, oh, man, like, is this the last episode where we're going to see the clock tower? I, I'm, i you know, I miss it already. R.I.P.D. clock tower.
1: Oh, man. Well, maybe if they get Ophelia back for the next season, if this was just some kind of conflict for one season, maybe she'll move back in.
0: Oh, I hope to she does. Tower. That is a great set.
1: She'll never hear. She'll never be able to count the steps from the elevator to the desk over oh, again.
0: Oh, she deserved Spoiler a better line. dad, but no. we'll get into it. So, Liam is telling Eleanor all this, and he, he brings up that Jasper was the one who found out. And mm-hmm. Eleanor is like, Jasper. And Liam says, I know you have trust issues, and I know you've had your problems <sighs> with Jasper, but like, try to trust him because he's working really hard. And honestly, Fuck him. He's not a supportive brother. Just start that off with, like, this is on you. You have trust issues. It's a problem that you have a problem, you know? Like, that is so shitty.
1: It's been going on a lot. It has gone on all season. Like, everybody behaves as though the issue is primarily with... Eleanor all the time even if they briefly admit that Jasper made mistakes it's always like you just need to get back in her good great like the problem is you just need to overcome this lack of trust she has in you and not I don't know, not not with you personally as a human being being the problem, but it's nothing new.
0: It's very frustrating. But yeah, I when they have a big scene later on, I wrote in my notes, this is the plot line that will not die because it's just like it's like playing a -a whack-a-mole. You're like beating down all the different iterations of their relationship and they just keep popping back up.
1: That scene does offer a shred of hope, though. Uh, I don't believe it's going to take, but there is a shred of hope at least we'll get to there that in a little bit but there's um before that a uh, a scene Rachel comes to Cyrus
0: and the music goes clever devil devil <laughs> yes
1: i wrote that down too <laughs> the lyrics oh, are god it's uh Rachel coming to Cyrus to try and get on his good side because Helena is apparently out of the uh, out of the Do
0: Do you mean Team Helena?
1: Oh yes, Team Helena hashtag Team Helena. <laughs> and they've been trying to make the, the Team game.
0: Helena Team Cyrus thing happen so hard. all season long. So
1: they're selling it so much. So she's trying to join hashtag Team Cyrus and the music. <laughs> I wrote it down. The lyrics are literally devil devil, clever devil. <laughs> How quickly they do sell their souls. Okay, but so
0: here's the thing. is When the lyrics said, How quickly they do sell their souls. Which Zach and I are adding our own melodies to this. So, I don't know what to the To skirt is. copyright laws and for no other reason. Yeah, Definitely not because we reason. can't remember. Um, that's when Moorfield appears. Right when they say, How quickly they, they do sell their souls. Moorfield appears. Um, <laughs> and talks to Helena and is like, The princesses uh, know that I was dating both of them. The jig is up. And she's like, well, Cyrus is having a son and primogenitor is probably going to be reinstated because I'm not going to try to fight it. I'm going to relinquish any idea of like the queen having claim to the throne because I don't care about that anymore. I'm not ambitious. The jig is up, I guess. And Moorfield, that stupid fuck, believes her like an idiot. (laughs)
1: First of all, the first thing about this scene is it opens with Morfield like, sneaking around the palace, looking around corners. Why he is there, I have no idea. Because this is, like, a separate day from the last time to, when the... To t- hang out with his to,
0: girlfriends. The, what do you mean, why is he but there? But they already
1: caught him together, right? So, like, from his perspective, if he thinks, quote, the jig is up...
0: Oh, you mean, why is he even sneaking around? Why is he at the palace...
1: At all, sneaking around. I don't understand. Maybe
0: he thought he would come to Helena and he'd be like, okay, that scheme didn't work. What's my next move? You know?
1: That doesn't seem to be the case because in another patented royal's complete change of a character in the middle of a season, he goes to Penelope, right?
0: Yes. Uh yes. Here's where you describe it, and then we'll discuss whether or not I agree with your take on what happened. Okay.
1: He goes to Penelope... Helena having told him that uh, the twins are now no longer in line for the throne. And says, I like Maribel. And she's like, I know Maribel's, like beautiful now and whatever. Does anything with boys and sometimes with girls. All right. And even though that character was like, well, I guess she was like the virgin who was always trying to do stuff with guys. Okay, but they both
0: mind. were. Slash have been.
1: Uh, And he's like, no, you got me wrong. I like Maribel, but I have feelings for you. And since I'm an anti-monarchist, that you're no longer in line for the throne makes you even more desirable and my impression of the scene given that these were such minor characters is that it is genuinely meant that way which doesn't make any sense for I
0: disagree with you I don't think it's genuine at all um I mean for one thing he's talking about the fact that she's not being that she's not monarchy anymore making her more attractive. And she's wearing a giant crown on her head, like not a tiara, a crown. She looks like she's in like a sexy production of Wicked. And she's one of the people Mm. in the land of Oz. Um, I'm not saying that I think that attraction is all based on like, which of the people in my life is the most conventionally attractive. They are the one I am attracted to. But I do do think that he didn't really have strong feelings for either of them and I do still suspect him of being shady and up to stuff because he's always been shown to be like such a slimy little weasel and Penelope is the older sister of the two so therefore more in line to the
1: trying for the long con in some capacity
0: yes yeah that's what I'm going to guess I mean we'll see if We'll see what happens in season three, but they're just that's my such guess. minor
1: characters, and they never explicitly make it apparent that he's like trying to do anything. And there's nothing in the speech that uh,
0: makes it really apparent. I thought his whole manner really was really s- shady and insincere, though.
1: Yeah, like they're they're like the minor comic relief characters, morefield included, I think, in that package. In yeah, because he's supposed to
0: be like so pathetic that it's funny. He's kind of like yeah, a he's like uh, character.
1: Yes, he's like he's like an incompetent. He's like an incompetent schemer to like Cyrus and Helena's more competent, like like uh, Stefano and Trinculo from The Tempest, who we were talking about before, sort of.
0: We talk about Shakespeare, even when we're not doing a podcast that's vaguely about Shakespeare.
1: I would have felt vaguely. like they would have given him some inclination that he was up to something or that he was insincere.
0: I feel like they did give that inclination. I mean, we're just, this is just a matter of opinion and we're going to have to see how it plays out. But... I feel if like did so, everything it was with an he was an unusual saying subtlety came off as super insincere to me. But that's just my two cents. Yeah. Otherwise, why well, bring him back and have the whole scene with Helena where he's looking very upset about the whole scheme slash plan falling apart and everything? He well, doesn't seem upset that the princesses found out and rejected him for romantic reasons.
1: Well, fair enough. Um, it seems like a little more subtle than the royal usually goes to me. But um,
0: but think about how long they did the whole thing with Ted where we were like, are they trying to tell us that he's guilty or not? Or are they leading us yeah, on? Yeah, but
1: the way that they tried to tell us he was guilty was having by having a character say, hey, I know you killed the king. Yeah,
0: but you know what I mean. We couldn't tell if that was a red herring or not for a long time. That's true. I'm like, I remember um, the disappointed text messages back and forth when this show was airing the first time around about oh, do you really think it's going to be Ted? I'm still holding out hope that it's not. Which it's how we felt the whole time, and I still kind of feel that way. Those
1: characters we never see again for the rest of the episode, so we can essentially forget about them.
0: Cyrus and Prudence are getting married in Cyrus's bedroom, I guess, in his chambers in his, like, royal kingly suite. Prudence is wearing a wedding outfit that I believe is meant to echo her maid costume because it's black and white, with a white, like, little hat with a veil on top of it. Um, And her body is present, but her face says, I'm not gonna fuck you ever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Cyrus is wearing this great, shiny silver suit. And um, Prudence has this long, like, prenup for him, like, all these, all this stuff that she's gonna be guaranteed, which seems smart, And Cyrus says, hmm, nothing says true love like a wife who blackmails you. So rich coming from someone who blackmailed her into sex.
1: And he's back to his, I don't think they even mention Violet in this episode because Cyrus is pretty back to his old ways. Uh, He got over that pretty quick considering this is like a couple days later,
0: probably. It's so, you know what? Eleanor is wearing her dress her from the little previous black episode, dress shirt.
1: Mm-hmm. her
0: little black dress that says "Little black dress on it.:
1: Yeah, she is. Oh so my this is God. like a few days. And obviously Jasper wouldn't have waited because it starts right at the beginning of the last episode, right? Because yes. it starts with Liam like, yes. "Hey, you are going to rob us." Wow. So this is a few days after Violet.: This whole
0: season has taken place over a couple of weeks.:
1: Everything from episode six on, I think, has taken place max over the course of one week. Like the episode with the birthday party.
0: Oh my gosh! What a I don't know how old Eleanor and Liam are supposed to be, but whatever that year is, it's off with a bang. Um, Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, so uh,
0: so James gives Helena the drive, which has the video of Ted. Is it the video of Ted killing? I
1: think it's the video Simon? of Ted stabbing Simon. How did
0: James yeah. get it? Which
1: is, what? How did James How did, who get it? Him? Oh, he, uh, there's a scene earlier where James walks into a room where Jasper is, like, watching the video again. It's really brief, but it, it is there.
0: I believe you, but also this fucking show. <laughs>
1: um, so J- James knows that Ted is the killer at this point because he and. He and Jess, he talked to Jasper about it at some point. And also what a way, I guess Helena doesn't give a fuck about her family's deaths, but still what a way both for Jasper to show Liam and for James to show Helena to like reveal who killed your family member by showing a video Of them being stabbed. Yeah,
0: it's a really graphic video. I mean, if it were the real life amount of blood that would happen after that, then it would be an extremely graphic video. Like,
1: maybe that's why Liam was freaking out so much at that point. Because he just watched a video of his father... Being stabbed. And it probably doesn't help that it was by a guy he trusted. Yeah,
0: I think most people would kind of go into shock. So that could have definitely been what he was experiencing. I mean, he bounces back like a champ. Because the rest of the episode, he really has it together. But. Yeah. um, So then Ted is in the clock tower, maybe for the last time. Oh, clock tower, I'll never forget Mm -hmm. you. And he gets a text message. Your plane will never land in New York.
1: I think this was sent by Domino. Right? Yes. I think that's the implication. Now, that is quite a threat.
0: That's a terrorist act.
1: That's a terrorist threat. From a
0: graffiti. Like, that's group. not,
1: we're going to kill you personally. That's, we are going to down a plane full of probably a couple hundred people unless is he flying a private jet i don't know why ted would have a private jet
0: if he could access one that belonged to the royal family
1: i guess it only takes about two hours to get to new york he could probably
0: either way domino is only capable of making posters
1: yeah like there's nothing to show that they're capable of taking down a plane public or private
0: they've also made some beautiful business cards
1: They're good at they're good at design and they're good at marketing.
0: Yeah, it's too bad the name is already taken by a pizza place where they could be like a design firm. Domino. So then comes the ceremony between Cyrus and Prudence, and Mm -hmm. Cyrus says to the priest, "Wrap it up, Padre. I want to consummate this bitch." Quite a
1: ceremony. It's a private ceremony. And Um, then.
0: When the priest priest is talking about the power vested in me, and Cyrus goes, "By me,"
1: and he gives him permission to kiss Prudence, and she does like a super dramatic head turn to avoid the kiss.
0: Head turn. This was like the stuff of soap opera legend. It was like the most dramatic turn away. I mean, I don't blame her at all. He is her rapist. He
1: sexually blackmailed her last season, like into doing. I mean, into rape. Yeah, pretty much. Well, he
0: says in the next line, um, like. Something about her mouth and like, you know what I can do to it and Something worse.
1: Much worse things are going to happen to that mouth of yours. Um, which she's lamenting oh. the idea of living with him. He's back to he obsessed about her mouth in season one yeah. and I think also in the swan scene earlier this season.
0: I mean yeah, I don't want to be graphic, but like there've definitely been a lot of comments between them about him, you know sexually assaulting her and that being a part of it it is a horrible thing of all the things to bring back from season one to bring that back i was like oh no and
1: again like it's full tilt like evil sexual harassing cyrus who i'm kind of glad about it in a manner of speaking like i don't like that he's like all gross and making gross comments about the mouth necessarily but i like that it's evil cyrus again and that violet is just like Fucking forgot about that.
0: Somebody has to be the villain on this show, and it might as well be Cyrus because they're not gonna let it be. That's what he was
1: made for. Yes.
0: That's what he was born to do, literally. Everyone knows that there are secret tunnels. And everyone pretty much knows where everyone is in the secret tunnels at any given moment, too, because they're having a meeting down in the tunnels.
1: Like pretty much all the major characters, not not Ted obviously, and not Cyrus.
0: Uh, it's, but just not everybody else. It's James, Jasper, Liam, and Eleanor. And then Helena appears from the shadows. She's not at the meeting when it starts. And she just comes out. Because uh, Eleanor says, and she's making a good point, especially considering what Dominique Jr. did with that video of Liam. She says, why hasn't he already put the video online, like on social media? Such a
1: good question. Like, they have this convoluted, stupid King's Cup idea instead of just... Like, they could put it on YouTube. Did you see the response that Liam's video got within 40 seconds? It had, like, 20,000 views. (laughs) Hashtag King Liam. It
0: had a trending hashtag. There are, like, companies who would sell their eye teeth for that sort of publicity. Again, this is why Domino should be a design firm. They really have their shit together on that front. They don't know
1: how to do it. They do not need Ted (laughs) to do any of this.
0: Uh, they're they so, the video. They're They're done. so old money that the idea of working hasn't even occurred to them. Like, they've accrued all these professional skills, but they just can do jack shit with it, which is why they're apparently <laughs> completely broke.
1: But, so they construct this plan of their own, basically.
0: It's, synth music starts up. I feel like we're watching Mr. Robot. I wish we were watching Mr. Robot. Uh, yeah. It, it's very, like, Ocean's Eleven-y, too. The camera's, like, panning around the circle, and everyone's talking about, like what their different roles will be in getting shit done. And, uh,
1: we should say what their plan is, which is,
0: I barely understand it. So
1: Domino jr. Told them everything about their plan to reveal the video of Dutchie confessing at the King's cup game or whatever. I don't know how soccer works, I won't pretend to.
0: It's like some sort of cup game, but they're calling it the King's Cup because this one, for the first time ever, is in Memorial of Simon, which is creating some unrest. Because now, because of Cyrus, there are some people who are very anti-monarchy and anti-Henstridge. And then there are people, of course, who are still loyal to the monarchy.
1: So they're going to go to... uh, They know that they're going to play this video at this... Major soccer match, football match, I guess I should say. I think we can um, use
0: either term and be fine.
1: So they decide. Well, we're going to get the the drop on them, and when they think their video is going to play, we're going to play the video of Ted stabbing Simon, and reveal that he is the mur- the true murderer uh, all along. Now, at n- no point in this discussion does the idea of going to the police. And showing them this video and having Ted arrested ever come up.
0: What if the police ever done for them? The head of security for them is the one who killed everybody. I don't
1: think he's part of the actual police force.
0: Trust no one. That's what I'm saying. All
1: if right, you want something
0: enough. done, you got to do it yourself. I did want to say. You have to
1: rely on the people to, to attack this person.
0: Uh, I think earlier in the episode it happens, Jasper is talking to Liam about the fact that Liam wants to kill Ted and Jasper is like, it's no small thing taking a life. You can't undo it and it'll be with Mm -hmm. you forever. And I'm like... Didn't you just kill two random guards last episode? Well, that's
1: how he knows, because he hasn't killed anybody else. He's (sighs) only killed those two bodyguards.
0: He hasn't killed anyone else that we know of, but I would not put it past him.
1: Ted, having gotten his threatening text message that threatened a major terrorist attack, (laughs) returns to the domino house, which is completely like all the furniture's gone, all the lights are out. All that's there is a phone in the middle of the room.
0: A rotary phone.
1: A rotary phone, which is ringing, <laughs> like, perfectly timed. They've got to be watching him from, like, somewhere nearby because they know he, when he enters the house.
0: They know their shit drawn. about cameras. They might just have, like, some sort of gorilla video thing in there.
1: Uh, so they call him and threaten him to follow through with their plan to play the video. And if he doesn't, they actually threatened to go to New York and kill Ophelia.
0: Deep Throat says in the clunkiest line ever, I can kill family members too, which is like exactly. like saying I can kill people too. Like everyone is someone's family member.
1: But yeah, they talk about specifically going to New York. So clearly Ophelia is the one. Oh,
0: definitely. It's just meant to be like a super menacing line and it's just- right. You know, as does really like
1: well, in part because his name is Jeff, and no one's ever felt threatened by Jeff,
0: that's true, so Helena has a, a little conversation with her children, Liam mm-hmm. and Eleanor, and I know and I've said this. Many times before this season, but I haven't written down in all caps here. Helena is a different character this season. She's doing that thing where they retcon things that she did before.
1: So basically, yeah, she's being all supportive of her kids and asking for forgiveness, which of course season one Helena would have never done.
0: Not just that. She talks about how she was always taunting Ted for his grief and now she regrets that. And I'm like... So the death of your husband didn't give you this self-awareness. The death of your son didn't give you this self-awareness. And it's happening now because...
1: You know what I am truly sad about? Is that this is a show where, whether they're psychological representations or real, ghosts do exist. And Helena went from being a terrible character to a great one. Why didn't they have a Christmas Carol episode? (gasps) All I want is a Christmas Carol episode where Helena gets visited by three ghosts.
0: Robert. And
1: turns into. Simon. And Dominique. Yes, definitely. Great. Dominique could be Ghost of Christmas Past. And then, I guess, Simon Present, maybe. Present and and
0: Robert Ghost of Christmas Yet to Come.
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. That would have been the best episode of the series. How are we not
0: hired as staff writers for this show? We have so many good ideas.
1: Wouldn't think of how menacing
0: it would be to have someone's dead child who they didn't mourn enough be their ghost of Christmas yet to come.
1: I think that would, that would have been by far the best episode of the series. And it would have explained her character shift perfectly. Never would have questioned it.
0: Here's an idea. We stop making this podcast and instead start collaborating on some long form fan fiction.
1: I think that sounds great. What do you <laughs> say?
0: <laughs> I bet more people would read it than are listening to this, so it's a win-win.
1: <laughs> I think it sounds like a great plan. I think we have a real bright future in the lucrative world of fanfic writing.
0: Hey, it worked for uh, the lady who wrote Fifty Shades of Grey.
1: That's true, I guess. Was that, a fan, was that based on like an existing pro- uh It was a Twilight fanfic, property? and
0: she just changed oh. the names. But originally, wow. uh, Annabelle or whatever her name is, and Christian were Bella and Edward.
1: They didn't change Bella. She just changed Bella to Annabelle. Wow, they barely. Even I don't know if that's that, that, that
0: character's name. I've never read that book. I just named Ooh. her Annabelle off the top of my head. Sure.
1: <laughs> i also I also do not know. Helena is asking for forgiveness for like taunting Ted a little bit, and they're like, "Oh, you just said some words." Is, He's a modern day Jack the Ripper. Oh,
0: it is crazy how much they're letting her off the hook for the all the incredibly shitty stuff that she did to them, and she's like, just has to show slight remorse once. But I did think it was funny and actually in character when the kids walked in. Uh, Helena said, "Do you want, Do you a, want drink? a drink?" And Liam said, "No." And Eleanor said, "Of course." At the sa- in the same moment.
1: Yeah, that was good. It would have been better if they had been summoned by Gong, but I'll take what I could get.
0: Maybe that only works for Cyrus. I don't know. I don't maybe, know the... Maybe. You know, all different magical universes have rules. You know, I still don't know the, the rules of this magical universe, which I believe to be magical.
1: And you know what? Every, every season so far has had, like, an object that was, like, the key object of the season. Season one, it was the bow and arrow. And season two, it was the cursed diamond. Maybe season three, magic Gong. I'm hoping. Oh.
0: I liked it to tie into the reason they all of a sudden wound up in their own stripper cake, apparently, spontaneously, too. Oh.
1: flashback to the magic gong being used to put them there.
0: Honestly, how I feel about the first two seasons is it's like, you know, the first Star Wars movie. They don't hold your hand and baby you and explain it all to you. They just drop you into this magical universe and they let you feel, uh, you know, figure out the parameters of the fantasy yourself. That's what the Royals has been doing. And I know that magic will show up on the show eventually in a more obvious way.
1: The first two seasons of the Royals will also is also comparable to the first Star Wars movie in the effect they've had on our culture <laughs> and on art going forward. So, an Their apt legacy. comparison. Well, but, uh, big news. Cyrus is sleeping with a guy again.
0: Yes, gay Cyrus is back. Right after that yep. scene with the kids ends with Liam telling Helena... Don't be nice to Ted. If you are, he'll know something's right. wrong, which is hilarious. Uh, but yeah Helena
1: says, I wrote the book on deception. So she has it covered. It's
0: brief, but it reminds us that he's bisexual. He's in bed with a man when Prudence is like, I'm going into labor right Very the casual. fuck now.
1: Yeah, she just like shoves him awake and is like, it's time. She's really casual about the fact that she's going into labor.
0: Prudence is taking care of business. I think she has hidden depths. You know, I think Ooh. she's always been smarter than at least Cyrus has given her credit for.
1: I mean, last episode, she did kind of stand up to Helena and is like, I'm taking this life from you. So she's kind of, I think she's got some some schemes of her own.
0: Jasper comes to Eleanor's room to make oh, sure yeah. she's ready for the plan tomorrow. A flimsy excuse, as yeah. most excuses are. Uh, and Eleanor... Does the smartest thing she has ever done, including getting off of drugs, when she tells Jasper that she appreciates everything she's done to find her father's killer, but after the plan is done, he needs to leave and never come back. Never come
1: back. Which he seems to agree to.
0: Yes. But he's also devastated. And I wanted to say, I found myself, like, even though I hate Jasper and Eleanor as a couple, I found myself weirdly touched in this moment. And I was like why am I feeling things? And then I realized it was because Jasper's face was actually having emotions pass across it for the first time in a long time. Like, yeah. he was like near tears and his he was like really struggling to hold it together. And I was like, yeah. it's just it was, fun to see him do something besides scowl. True.
1: You know, yeah, I mean, the way they've written this character is super one note, but it seems like maybe the actor is not who plays Jasper is not entirely without some redeeming qualities. If you give him other things to do besides just scowl and brood.
0: I mean, we talked about this more in season one, but we were always comparing and contrasting Liam and Ophelia with Jasper and Eleanor and Tom Austin and Alexandra Park do have like great, on-screen romantic slash sexual chemistry. So there's that. So, you know, that's the thing. Even though Liam and Ophelia weren't as outwardly offensive as Jasper and Eleanor, they were definitely less fun to watch and more boring. So anyway, this is a plot line that I just think will never die. I think that these two characters are going to end up married with babies.
1: uh, I referenced that this scene gives us some hope that this is the end of it, but I, I truly I don't they think that's the case. They
0: snatch it away from us before this episode is over, so hmm. I can't really let myself feel joy.
1: <laughs> uh, I do want to mention one other thing about this scene that is mentioned a couple times in the episode, I think, but it's mentioned here. Eleanor notes that if their plan works, if Domino's plan oh. works tomorrow, one of them could die. And she also insinuates that if their plan works to show the video of Ted stabbing Simon... Ted might die, both of which imply that they believe fully, without question, that they will be slaughtered by a mob of angry people if these videos come to light, such is the faith they have in the citizens of Britain.
0: Well, they were right about... It is a soccer mob. They were right about half of that hypothesis, to be fair. They seem to have an awareness all along. I mean, that makes sense to me, that someone who assassinates a ruler could be killed by a mob. I can't think of any recent examples, but I mean it's not I mean,
1: debatably Lee Harvey Oswald. That
0: was who sprang to mind for me, but he wasn't really killed, you know, like by a mob. He was killed by no. one person. But hey, yeah. Oswald. Anyway, um anyway, she was half right, but she also says that if their plan works, then this means she's officially going into the family business. And I was like why
1: <laughs> i guess because to some degree she'd be culpable for the possible death of ted if it goes and go if it like uh goes into action like she knows about the plan that feels like a stretch They're,
0: but not on but, your part that's my best guess no not on your part yeah. i had the thought that maybe it would be that at least in her mind she's now like really throwing her support behind the idea of monarchy, because if she didn't want to have monarchy, which is something that both she and Liam have kind of been flirting with as long as we've known them as characters, then she could just let the plan go through to show... I mean, she's not on those videos. It's her grandmother and her uncle and her mom.
1: That's the other part about uh, the fact that, like, part of the video is Cyrus doing cocaine and her mom smoking weed. And how many videos have to exist... Of Eleanor doing both of those things and more already?
0: Prince Harry wore a Nazi uniform. And That's true. I mean, as a joke, not that that lets him off the hook. It was fancy dress, which is the British term for a costume party. But still, he wasn't torn apart by a mob. And I kind of fail to see how, like, hitting a doobie or doing a rail is worse than that. Also, there were all those pictures of him naked, poolside, like totally naked.
1: And let's say that, and there's a video, okay, the thing about Dutchie admitting the murder, I get how that would be No, a, that's
0: a big deal, but not the drama. That's a big deal.
1: But why would Eleanor and Liam be torn apart by a mom <laughs> for their grandmother confessing to a murder that took place before they were born? You should have never been born! <laughs> That doesn't make any sense whatsoever to I
0: think that's how Domino feels the public would feel. They think that the public would be so in love with the idea of, like, justice and, oh, the true love between Simon and Dominique. But I don't think the public would actually feel that way.
1: Well, I think, but it's also implied that I think Liam and Eleanor feel like they are in danger if this video gets played.
0: No, I agree with you. And I was like, do they think that, at first I was like, do they think that Domino is going to kill them? This makes no sense. Liam is just thinking about Ted. It's just yeah. flashbacks. He's having a vengeance Ted. flashbacks. Yeah, he's just having vengeance flashbacks, vengeance flashbacks, while the national plays loudly in the background. I think it's the national. Anyway, it's someone with a super deep voice singing a lot like this. <laughs> uh, Flawless impression. Mm-hmm. Uh, and A-plus. he's
1: just... Thank you for our guest star, The National, for coming by <laughs> for that brief moment in our podcast. He's here
0: in our studio, our studio in Chicago, oh. where we both Well oh, He's saying he has to run,
1: us. so uh, thanks for coming by. Oh, we'll
0: do you want you say something? Oh, do you have something to plug? Oh, no, he doesn't even want to plug his nope. new music or anything. He's just so modest that he just came in to do it for he's us He's just friends.
1: a big fan of Stage of Fools.
0: Sweetheart. Had to come
1: by. Real sweetheart.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so...
1: So he he grabs the gun. This is where we were when we uh, started the episode. He's having these vengeance flashbacks. He's getting his suit on. And he pulls out this gun from underneath his bed. And I thought Helena was supposed to meet Ted in the car. But now Liam is doing it.
0: I don't understand the plot at all. The, the plan, I mean. The plan within the plot at all.
1: Did Liam, like, make it so this happened without the consent of the other parties involved in the plan? I, Here's maybe? my
0: best guess. Uh, the plan was for Helena to ride with him in the car to make sure that he got to the, the football match. Then they would mm-hmm. bring him out on the field just like they end up doing and he would be out there when the video played and he would have no escape and everyone would know the truth. Right. So then he would be, you know, either killed by the crowd or arrested, <clears throat> taken away by the police. In this moment, Liam is going against the plan and planning on killing Ted in the car before the car. they get to the field. Right. So he bumps... Somehow, I don't know exactly how, and I don't want to bother figuring it out, because we still have so much more ground to cover, but I think that somehow he bumped Helena from the spot in the car to ride with Ted, because he was going away from the rest of the group's plan, and just going... He was just going to kill Ted himself, because... He was
1: going rogue.
0: As he says, he feels it's justified.
1: So he does end up in the car with Ted, this car where you cannot see out the windows, it's just blackness with rain, and... He pretty quickly, almost immediately, pulls the gun uh, on Ted in the back seat.
0: Ted says something about how your father would have been proud. And then uh, Liam says, why'd you do it, Ted? And... Right, The gun is out and against his forehead immediately. And then it's a total parlor speech. Ted's like, you're not going to do it because you don't want to take a life. You haven't thought this through. And Ted goes from being like a normal guilty person to like a played by Kevin Spacey serial killer in this scene. His mouth is hanging open. He's doing this weird half smile sometimes where he like bears half of his teeth. He's like his eyelids are lowered and he's doing like the creepy like open mouth breathing the actor changes a ton of stuff about his portrayal just for this scene i think just to up the creepiness factor
1: the weird thing is the writing of the scene bounces him between this like master villain moriarty type and like evil killer whatever but also tries to keep him kind of sympathetic Because he, like, implies that the death of Simon weighs down on him, like, every second of the day.
0: Yeah, it's very, like, almost like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, because he's, like, kind of egging on Liam about how he's not going to do it, he's not going to murder him. But then he bats Liam's gun away, pulls out his own gun, but then offers the gun to Liam and is like, you can tell them it was a struggle and that you had to shoot me. And I think Liam probably could have gotten away with that, especially because he's royalty, so he has people to, like, cover that up for him. I don't know if we're supposed to feel like Ted knows he would never do it, or if we're supposed to feel like Ted just wants to die, or both. I'm kind of leaning towards somewhere in the middle of both.
1: I mean, somehow, it's a very bland, like, justice versus vengeance kind of conversation, the details of which are unimportant. Uh, (laughs) They always are. Somehow... Eleanor knows that this is going on.
0: Didn't understand how. how this happened. Eleanor calls Ted's cell phone. Ted says, that's Domino. If I don't check in with them, they will kill Ophelia, which he apparently believes and we're apparently supposed to believe. I don't understand. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen now because the plan Domino's plan doesn't work out. But anyway, it's Eleanor calling Ted's cell phone and Ted's like, it's for you. He hands it over to Liam and Eleanor convinces Liam not to kill Ted for like basically the reasons you would expect, like killing someone is wrong. Revenge won't bring your dead family members back. I
1: didn't even think about it at the time, how absurd it is that she calls Ted's phone she doesn't even call yeah, Liam's. That's phone. That's what I'm
0: saying to you. That is what I am saying.
1: I didn't it's understand crazy. just how she knew this was going on at all.
0: And how did the she know to she call calls Ted's phone? Ted's
1: phone. That's insane, yeah.
0: Don't think about it too hard. Your brain will break.
1: Yeah, no, I'm i I'm not I have to stop. We have to go <laughs> on.
0: So uh Jas- So they pull
1: up to the match.
0: Yes. Uh Jasper is a Mr. Robot style hacker. He can hack the net. He can hack the world. He's hacking mm-hmm. into the video mainframe, which is supposed to be playing a tribute After. video to Simon. has actually been set up but. with Domino's video right. of Dutchy confessing to the murder. And the video that Jasper is uploading is called king underscore Simon underscore truth dot MOV.
1: <laughs> Great.
0: A Great. perfectly named file. I just love those details. Deep throats Jasper's video. Also,
1: oh, we'll get there in just a sec. But um, Jasper also shows off his skill for knocking out random people because whoever was manning the booth, this innocent person is dead. They, they maybe dead. Yeah. They they just show James Hill carrying this unconscious body to a supply closet and tossing it in.
0: They are so, remorseless killers.
1: They're so mean. I I, get, I think we're supposed to get the impression that this guy's unconscious, but whatever. I also, I guess it's because he was going to shoot him, but after he decides he's not going to shoot Ted, Liam reveals their entire plan to Ted?
0: I guess because there's nothing know. Ted could do to stop it at that point. I guess so. But that's a classic so. mistake, is to think that there's nothing someone can do to stop your plan, and then... Little did you know. Anyway, so the video is uploading and it's like, is it uploading fast enough? Uh suspense. And someone's going to have to push the button to like play video. And Eleanor's like, I'll do it. I'll be the one to push a button on your smartphone screen very dramatically. Yep. Uh, Simultaneously
1: so... on the field,
0: G- Liam so... gives
1: this speech.
0: <sighs> yeah, go, he's go for like, it. I, wanna, I just want to say the title of Jeffrey's you video. Could, you can could
1: say that. So he's like... They don't know which video is going to play when he finishes this speech. And he's <laughs> so like, he has
0: to be as generic as, imp- as possible.
1: He's like, we control every aspect of what you see about our family. But what we're about to show you is 100% undeniably the truth. <laughs> then he steps back and the video starts up.
0: Okay, so first what comes up is Deep Throat AKA Jeffrey, aka Domino's video. It's the video of Dutchie with the Instagram filter on it, and in white mod lettering across at the title, A Murder Most Foul. Yeah. Even though Here all it's the video like Apple is video Editor. the video is just Joan Collins walking into the room and going, I did it. Like that's pretty much exactly where it starts. Yeah. But it's just that clip, oh, this made me so angry, so Eleanor has like her finger hovering over the play button, but she knows that like it's gonna ruin ted's life, I guess that's why she's worried the, about it, and maybe, and maybe, maybe cause
1: the crowd to
0: and maybe to cause a riot, yeah, and so, in a move that just made me furious on the part of the writers of the show, Jasper is the one who presses the button to do it, literally like. Eleanor's hand is right next to his, but he's the one who does it. But I'm like, of course, no woman can actually execute any part of the plan on this because Helena basically gets totally bumped out of it. It has to be Jasper being the one to do it, instead of Eleanor because Eleanor just doesn't have the strength. I was like, oh, come on. You could have let her press the button, show. Apparently I guess not. It's supposed to be like she's too good of a person to do even that. But to get, like,
1: blood on her hands or whatever. It,
0: it didn't read that way to me, honestly. But So, the video of Ted murdering Simon plays and the crowd reactions are amazing because... When they see Simon on the screen in this weird, grainy they're like, video, they're like, yay! Yeah. And they all start cheering wildly. And then as they realize what's happening, their reactions, you know, turn very negative. But it is so sudden because that video is quite short.
1: Yeah. And, and also, to be fair, it seems wildly inappropriate to play a video of a murder at a public soccer match where there were probably, like, children...
0: That's what had Um, to be done.
1: I disagree, but okay. Um, Things are about to get worse for the children at that soccer match. They're about to see something a lot worse.
0: (laughs) Something biblical.
1: Because Ted is like, in a moment of sympathy, I guess, grabs Liam and is like, you have to get out of here. I wonder how this looks to the crowd. Because like the camera immediately cuts, like the jumbotron cuts to Ted standing in the field. And everybody's like, it's him. He did it. (laughs)
0: Yeah, they all recognize him so quickly. And the
1: crowd starts coming out of the bleachers, and Ted's like, you have to get out of here. And he grabs Liam's arm, and they both start running to the car. I don't know how this looks to the crowd. Yeah, I don't know. Because it it would look bad to me, but whatever. Like, he was a co-conspirator. Oh, I was going to say, or
0: it looks like Ted is somehow controlling, um, like, putting his safety at risk.
1: Ted gets Liam in the car and says, tell Ophelia not to miss me.
0: That's not how emotions work, but okay.
1: Yep, just don't do it. So,
0: <laughs> not even once.
1: And, <laughs> and the crowd, these soccer hooligans, thirsty for blood as they are, descend upon Ted this and is more start of a beating.
0: Fan situation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but they start beating.
0: The first thing we see is they bounce his head off the window of the the car, car and then he goes down backwards, and then we see what must be a Ted POV shot looking up at the sky and the mob, and people are just, like, kicking him, punching him, grabbing at him. We can't see a lot, which is good, because we have to assume that he is torn limb from limb. Ripped apart (laughs) by a crowd. Uh, Zach and I have off-air been filling in a lot of our guests on Ted's fate after we tell them that Ted is the killer or confirm to them that Ted is the killer and we always get a lot of relish about talking about he's torn apart by a mob. He's ripped limb from limb. They
1: never show us like a corpse or like a bloody, or like there's never 100% confirmation he's dead, but it stands to reason that he is. Like the last thing we see is this crowd gathering around him just arms reaching down
0: <laughs> it is
1: thirsty for blood
0: it was kind of like the bodyguard or not bodyguard the guard moment of last episode where they were just like subtly laying in pools of their own blood the moment when ted's head went bouncing off the car window was like surprisingly graphic
1: yeah and i think the line tell ophelia not to miss me is a pretty much a farewell line too
0: so Eleanor and Jasper are standing in, like, the skybox that they were doing the tech from, holding hands as they watch the mob. And it's very much like, oh, two superheroes standing here and watching the world burn. So that's what makes Mm -hmm. me think that they're immediately taking away my hope of the two of them. Not being together at the beginning of next season, but we'll see. As they're driving away from the soccer field, it's Liam in the car, and they freeze frame on Liam's face. There's a sign in the window behind him that says, down with the Henstridge monarchy, which is what all the protesters' signs say, and... Under the freeze frame of Liam, we hear the sound of a baby crying, and there's like oh, a good I I think I several seconds entirely. of overlap, and it is the cheesiest thing. So, yes, Cyrus's baby son Simon has been born. His name is Simon. Yes,
1: Cyrus is called not to the other room to see that, but but uh, to watch the TV. Nobody had informed him that Ted killed. Simon yet
0: he's not surprised and he doesn't care which is a reaction that doesn't make sense to me for that character at all
1: so he's like oh it was Ted figures yeah, he's like, and he whatever. just moves on he's like tell them my child has been born maybe that'll satiate the people <laughs> like anybody gives a fuck about Cyrus's child they hate him.
0: I mean, the kid's name is Simon, which is kind of like, it's Simon Reborn, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I guess that's something. That's a bone. They don't mention Uh. that
0: in this episode. We forgot to mention it a couple episodes, or last episode, Prudence said she was going to name him Simon. And I'm assuming that's what happened, because it's just too good of an opportunity for the show to pass up.
1: And Prudence actually liked Simon.
0: Oh, yeah, they were very close. Way more than she's close to anyone else in the family. Which is why what happens next is interesting. Cyrus... Leaves and when he comes back into the room, the baby's gone. Prudence is gone. He's running around looking for her. He finds the tiger stuffed animal abandoned, and Helena appears in the tunnels. And she's in the tunnels, of course. And she's like, Prudence is gone, and so's her child. And basically implies that she helped Prudence escape. Even though Prudence turned down her offer of help in the last episode, she came around, and the whole wedding itself was all a trick a to distract him. But, yes. uh, there are a couple in fact, of-
1: the priest was Helena's gynecologist. I
0: loved that. I just wanted her to be like, he's very good. Um, <laughs> but they bring up the team Helena thing a lot in the scene. Prudence is team Helena. Rachel was just put
1: pr- a little thing on the corner of the screen that says hashtag team. <laughs> Tweet
0: Helena. whether you're team Cyrus or team Helena. So there are some really choice lines though. Uh, So it's revealed that Rachel was also just pretending to seduce him and get on his side. And she's Team Helena. And Cyrus is like, why? Why would you do this to me? And I thought this was actually a really good acting moment for Elizabeth Hurley. She's like, Alistair Lacey, you took away my future, so I took away yours. And then she says, enjoy Enjoy cancer. Enjoy cancer,
1: yeah. Oh.
0: But, I mean... It was nice to have bitchy Helena return because God knows she's a lot more fun than nice Helena.
1: Yeah. So uh, I guess they're going to be at odds again next season. I will say this about the cancer thing. Never once in the run of the show have I actually felt like that was a genuine threat to Cyrus's life.
0: No, because he's so essential to the show. I don't believe he can die.
1: Neither, neither do I. So I've never felt like that was a real threat in the slightest. But they're also like they haven't made him look particularly sick for the most part. But, whatever. No,
0: they gave up that. They even gave up his, like, slinking down into his turtlenecks and blazers look a while ago. So... Despite the fact that a one bodyguard situation is not realistic for a member of the royal family, it's like Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston with Jasper and Eleanor. He's like just pushing people out of the way as she like kind of shields her face and runs through the crowd with him. And then he like wraps his arm around her to pull her through the crowd. And she gives him this adoring look. And it's another freeze frame. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Enough said. I,
1: they got to pull up all the stops for the finale stylistic, uh, stylistically.
0: Helena. Uh, they all, of
1: course, there is a, a soft indie song bedded under all of this, in case you were wondering. Yes. Always. It's something about you're half in the light and you only ever show half to me.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like f- you're in the, and you're a half life and, oh, I wrote down the lyrics to this somewhere, but you get the idea, folks. It's another really on the nose musical cue. Imagine that.
1: Yeah. It they, um, they also has the line, no one tears it up like you, when we cut to King Simon's uh,
0: tomb. Um, so Helena and Rachel are contemplating King Cyrus's tomb, which says King Simon won, and it has a Hamlet quote on it. But it was one that I actually thought was well chosen. Um, hmm. The time is out of joint, O cursed spite, that ever I was born to set it right. Uh, so I thought that was great for Simon because he is kind of ahead in his ahead of his time in some ways in terms of wanting more justice for the people and maybe wanting to get rid of this monarchy. Yes. And he's way less reliant on tradition than Cer- most of certainly the characters
1: true in this timeline, where the monarchy has the power to roll back human rights. Um, maybe not so much in the real world where they don't yeah.
0: have that power in Let's the slightest. Hope not. Please let's hope not, for the sake of the good people of the United Kingdom. Uh, So Helena says that she wants a future for her Her children, and uh,
1: she needs to prove that they are Simon's true kids.
0: And she says to do that, she
1: needs Simon's DNA. she
0: She says it's the last line of the episode. Get me those bones.
1: And two men in suits with sledgehammers come out from her beside her and start wailing on Simon's tomb. They don't just, like, open it no, like they, a normal person. They
0: smash it like they're on that home improvement show where they have to make over a whole house in four days. You would think that when they built the, you know, like, marble tomb thing for him, there was a way that they, like, put the lid down on top of it. And you could, like, pry it off open or break it? that part off or open I it think somehow. So too. But no, they just full-on smash it. The dramatic Um, effect is great, though. Like, it looks great. We're shown inside the tomb, and then the smashing comes through, and we see it from the inside out, which is pretty fun. And
1: a small note, uh, there is no way that Simon is bones at this point. No. Because he died, like, two months ago, and he's in a sealed tomb. Gross.
0: Just saying. (laughs) Gross. uh, I'm
1: just... I'm sure he will be Bones in season no, three when we finally... It's, yeah,
0: it's it's icky to contemplate. It's, I mean, I'm hoping this is the beginning of villainous Helena. I would be fine with her being devoted to her children if she's still an asshole to everyone else.
1: I, I, that'd be nice. <laughs> um, so we, we see after they smash through this thing, there's a shot from inside the tomb of Rachel and Helena peering inside. I get the impression that that was supposed to be some kind of cliffhanger, like maybe... Simon's not really in there, but I may have been reading into it a little too much.
0: I thought it was just visual styling, just because he's a character who I'm like pretty much 100 percent sure is dead, because we saw him. get Oh, well, I'm sure on the he's camera. dead.
1: I, I thought maybe it's possible like his, well, his
0: bones were gone. Segway, because what do we see? What's the last image of the episode? So the
1: grass, we see all the grass and waves that we've been seeing all episode, intercut randomly. And somewhere in that field where they shot all these grass and waves, we see, laying on the ground, a helmet for one (laughs) R-Henstridge. And we pan back, we pull back from the helmet, and we see uh, an unmoving hand on the ground next to the helmet. And the last shot of the episode is the hand slowly begins to move and, like, clench together in a fist and grab the dirt underneath it, cut to black... Robert has been alive the the whole time, all six months to three years, however long he's supposed to have been dead. I Hiding out, I guess.
0: I was so excited. I mean, I am so excited and I can't wait to meet him because he is the second coming of Jesus Christ. But I also want to say, if you've been listening to this show since... Season one, which started before we knew that this would happen, because we started recording season one at the beginning of season two's airing, so we hadn't seen this. We Mm -hmm. had been semi-predicting this since season one because we never saw a body. All the details of his death were so shady and mixed up, and like they never cast anybody. Specific.
1: Never cast anybody to be in photos of him as an adult. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what he's like. I'm curious to see where he has been for all this time. I'm hoping Anastasia. no memory, maybe yes. a herbi- yes. hermit. Anastasia has been, like, situation. Care of him.
0: Oh my yeah, gosh. I would love that. Maybe he was saved by a mermaid. Yeah. He's a well, prince with dark hair. I wouldn't hair. put it
1: past this show to do that.
0: Oh, we um, need magic. Oh, do you hear me, Mark? Really? Juan? We, we need should be magic.
1: We should be writing for this show because the episode we write where we fill in where Robert's been and it's been a kindly, like, blind hermit taking care of him as he gets his memory back would be a great episode. A plus.
0: Anyway, I'm super excited about that. We can talk about that more in our next episode, which will be the last episode of Stage of Fools Season 2. We're going to do a season wrap-up. We'll compare and contrast season one and season two. We'll ask and answer some questions about season two. And we'll talk about our general overall impressions of the season with our producer and friend Darren. So check that out next week. But in the meantime, Zach, for the last time of season two, for the last time for a while... Wow. Wow. I can't believe we're here. Oh, my gosh. It feels like just yesterday this podcast was in its infancy, and now it's toddling along. Uh, What was your favorite moment or image of the episode?
1: Oh, man. I honestly hadn't even thought about it yet. Mm. I'm going to say the moment that made me laugh the most, in spite of the fact that the acting is good... It's completely ruined by the repeated let it hit you (laughs) like a mountain mountain. So absurd that musical choice choice is. And it really is a perfect metaphor for the fact that these are pretty competent actors who are all completely undercut by every other aspect of the show. that one shot is just such a perfect metaphor for for all of that. Um, But other than that, I guess it has to be the... The ridiculousness of Ted literally being torn apart by a mob.
0: Yeah, that's high up there for me, too. I didn't really think of this. Um, In terms of details, I got a kick out of the title for the video of Dutchie confessing being a murder most (laughs) foul. foul. And also things like Ted coming across the telephone ringing in the empty hallway was just Mm -hmm. completely bizarre and nonsensical. But even though it is so disrespectful and weird, I gotta say, I think my favorite images of the episode did come from that last scene where Helena gets those men to smash apart Simon's tomb. I really liked the shot of Simon's name, King Simon I, with the Hamlet quote. I liked the kind of serious moments that preceded it, and then her saying with relish, "Get me those bones!" Like <laughs> I live for that shit. That is like pure camp classic. Sure. Not camp stuff like my like last that. name. Camp like you know the genre. Yes,
1: no, yeah. no. Stuff like moments like "Get me those bones" and Duchy coming in and say, I'm "I saying did I did it." are exactly what the royal... And all of Cyrus's best moments where he's just over-the-top villainous are exactly what the royal should strive to be.
0: Ooh, I also got to give an honorable mention to Enjoy Cancer. Yes. Enjoy Cancer was everything that you look bulimic was trying to be and failing to be.
1: I guess that pretty much wraps us up. Until the fall, no (laughs) new episodes. We'll have our season two wrap up, but uh, no more regular episode coverage style episodes of stage of fools for a good few months. I yeah.
0: can't believe it. I feel like we graduated something. It's really <laughs> an accomplishment, I guess. I don't know. If you've listened this far, if you're even if you're dropping in and listening to us for the first time, thank you so much cuz we appreciate it. You can get mm-hmm. in touch with us uh on Facebook. We have a page Stage of Fools. Or on Twitter, at Stage of Fools Pod.
1: Uh, thanks for listening.
0: We will we'll see s-
1: you next week for the wrap-up.
0: That's right. All right. Uh, I'm Shannon Camp.
1: I am Zach Powers.
0: Talk, Talk to, to you long. next time. Bye. Bye.
1: Visit Stage of Fools on our Twitter, at Stage of Fools Pod, or on our Facebook page, Stage of Fools. The Royals is property of E. Stage of Fools is produced by Darren Husted, artwork by Joshua Hollis.